Hi, and welcome to Undressed. I'm Megan Collins of Style Girlfriend. If you're a regular follower of SG, you know we're all about providing the female perspective on all things men's style and more. We get it. Being a modern man probably feels more confusing than ever today. Style Girlfriend gives its audience insight into the type of man women want to be with, from how he dresses to how he acts. Bottom line, we know that great style doesn't end with the clothes in your closet. So join us as one of my writers, Taylor Davies, and I discuss the latest in the weird, wonderful world of men. We'll give you the inside scoop on what women are really thinking about what's going on. Hi, guys. Welcome to Undressed. I'm Megan Collins of Style Girlfriend. This week, I'm being joined by a special guest, uh, Gabby Pedriani, a writer for Style Girlfriend and PR professional based here in New York. Happens to also be from Wisconsin, but that's not why I hired her. We only her. ever communicate with our, with our kind. <laughs> <laughs> I do have a problem. It's very yeah. true. I, it like, if you weird. tell me from, like, <laughs> as style girlfriends get bigger, it's going to become a problem because people will just put it on their resume because they'll know that it's oh, yeah, like an in for them. Yep. And they're actually from, I don't know, Alaska or like Sacramento. Okay. But I'll just be like, oh, Wisconsin, yeah. cheese curds. And I'm like, uh-huh, uh-huh. yeah, cheese curds. <laughs> it's elevated Wisconsin. So I'm like, you know, I'm all for it. Not that it's not elevated. Wow. In its own way. Wow. <laughs> I'm glad you really walked that back pretty quickly. Yeah, I really caught myself there. Uh, I just want to shout out our newest podcast supporters really quickly. Uh, Dimitri, an anonymous user, which was very exciting, mm. and a couple of other people. So just a quick reminder that you can help keep Undressed ad-free uh, because this is not actually a very long game advertisement for Travel Wisconsin right now. I yeah, even though you confusing. said ad with the, with the Wisconsin ad. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Uh, and, but yeah, you can uh, support Style Girlfriend by heading to anchor.fm backslash Style Girlfriend and clicking on support this podcast. It's super easy. Sounds easy. Yeah. Can I do it? Yeah, anybody can do it, Gabby. <laughs> anybody. Can yeah. I do it? Can you do it? How anybody easy is it? it? Everybody can do Megan, it. Megan, tell me how easy it is. <laughs> right now we're ta- like we're in the black and white version of an infomercial where like everything's hard. <laughs> but now like then it turns to color. Oh, that's good. Yeah, I can see. And it. all you do is head to that website and click on the button and you can I think you can support us at like 99 cents a month a dollar 99 a month like I think 4.99 is literally the max so oh we're God. not like we're not trying to like drain half your a pockets. cup of coffee yeah yeah <laughs> also speaking of supporting I'm gonna be back here at anchor on Thursday my friend Rembert Brown is doing an amazing 24-hour podcast-a-thon for a tennis camp in Atlanta that he went to growing up and they're now raising money to help those kids come to the U.S. Open and sort of defray those costs. So if you're, you'll be listening to this on Wednesday, check back in tomorrow. I think I'm on at like one o'clock, which means that's going to start streaming at like two or three. I don't know. It's too much math for me right now, guys, but be checking back on Thursday. I'll Instagram live that as well. And if you don't want to support Style Girlfriend, but you do want to support kids who love tennis, support that instead. You don't have to do both. I'm not. I'm not pushing anything on anybody. It's a little overwhelming with both. Yeah, just... it's it's <laughs> ninety nine cents. It's like very easy things. Yeah, yeah, I know. <sighs> I know, y'all. Oh, it's tough. Uh, do you have any end of summer plans? I'm going to Montreal next week. Whoa! I know. I've never been, but I've like I've heard a lot of like really snippy comments from real French people about <gasps> it lately. Even last night, they're like, "Oh my god, we asked this person last week. We're like, um, my boyfriend said, are you French or Cana- Canadian?'" So he goes, are Oh, you like from French Can- Canadian was yeah. not an option. Yeah, and he goes, so he goes, Are you from Canada? And he literally turns deadpan. He's like, Of course not. <gasps> I was like, Oh, that like summed it up for me. I was like, Oh, well, never asking that question again. Do you speak French? 
really poorly. I took it forever, but you know, you know, high school. Yeah. College. So you'll like order in the restaurants and then they'll just switch to English. You can order as soon it, like as French fries. I've got like frite down. Sure. Yeah. yeah. So it'll be interesting though. Need. I really want to try like I've never had poutine. Oh, I know. And do you know it has cheese curds? Like yeah. that's what's on it? That's all it is. It's literally I'd, melted cheese curds and French I felt fries. So sophisticated when I learned that cheese curds were in a Montreal dish. Is that like lame? <laughs> Well, I just think it's not sophisticated. Well, it seems to me like Montreal in my head seems a lot more sophisticated than Wisconsin. Well, when you say like Montreal, then yes. Oh, damn. But if you're right, just like, well, you I'm just going like to Montreal to have accent. some french fries and cheese curds, it doesn't sound so fancy, no. <laughs> it's all in the delivery. It's so true. It's so true. But you know what? I'm going to go with it. I like that. I'm going to sounds... really practice how I say Montreal. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's exactly the same. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was just the same. I have no such fun plans. I'm moving. I don't want to complain because I'm in a really lucky situation. So my building got sold and they're flipping all the apartments to super fancy apartments that I can't afford. So I have to be out by September 31st. I found a place oh, and good. I'm already moving my stuff in. Like I'm moving my stuff in all week. So you've got like an empty. actual period to move it over. Yeah. Wait, where are you moving? Just like 10 blocks up. Uh, like I'm not That's nice. Are you going to walk well. anything? I'm not my mom. <laughs> <laughs> so each morning I've taken like a $7 Uber from my apartment to the yeah. new apartment with like way too much stuff that I can handle. Nice, and I'm though. just going up in sort of trips. Yeah. It's been great. Again, yeah. I'm not complaining. It's a lot of work. I hate moving. Like never, like just hot tip, never move. Just like decide to live somewhere and then die there. Just Never, ever go. Never, Definitely ever. if you're going to go, don't go in the dead of August in oh. New York when you're, like, battling your way through urine smells just to, like, make it. And I'm not trying <laughs> – this is – I shouldn't even say this, but it's a sixth-floor walk-up. Why did you do that? Like, listen, I love this apartment. Yeah. It has all these built-ins. It's, like it's a really beautiful. thing. <laughs> like, I just – I'm going to get one of the – like, I'm going to have, like, such a nice ass by, like, the end of the first month. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And it is. It's a really great apartment. It's actually nicer than where I am now, except for the walk. How long did it take you to find it? It was the first place that I looked at. Oh, you're kidding me. No. I mean, that's, that's New York. Like, that's some blessing. Yeah. I mean, it's it's one of those things where you're like, is it not infested with mice? And like, yep. I don't know, there's like a swastika on the door next door. Like, then <laughs> just take it. Like, I think that that's like pretty much how you look for places in New York. So it's fine. It's nice. I like it. I'm really glad that I have the time that I'm. it's not like one sweaty day of moving. It's like multiple semi-less sweaty days of moving but it does mean that like literally this Sunday is when the movers are coming to move like the rest of the stuff I can't handle on my own so my labor day is just shot like I'm already oh, living yeah. in September my summer is over but at least it starts in like a like a kick or fall off to a fresh way you know totally yes and like Mercury just went out of retrograde uh, I think so yeah, like yeah, yeah. I think it's a good thing like everything is changing for the better and sort of like converging into like positive new energy mm -hmm. yeah and it sounds like an explosion of of positivity. <laughs> Did you feel like I was on that deadpan? Yeah. Um, because, I mean, that describes me to a T. I'm, I'm just an explosion of positivity at all times. Literally, you're violent. My mom was super yeah. impressed because the other day I called and I was like, not to be all the secret, but I was like thinking about how I need to go get a bunch of boxes and it's so stupid to pay for boxes. And then I came home and somebody had just, like somebody fancy had just moved into one of the newly finished apartments oh, the in my building yeah. and I took all their <gasps> fancy boxes. How, how are they different from like, you know, Well, they're like boxes. already taped. And they're like very like Sturdy. well like yeah corrugated. Do they have or the, like is that a word? Do they yes. have handles in the side yep. too? Yup. Oh my oh, god, they're the best. Yeah. They're the best the handles, boxes. Those are like those so things. I just they literally they were like empty and like well but like had all the wrapping paper and stuff in like stuffed inside of them like they were gonna take them to the trash room or whatever and I was like nope, yoink yoink. And so I have like all the boxes I need. Did anyone ever comment? 
No. I wonder if people care about that. People don't even care that I live there anymore. I haven't paid my rent in two months. <laughs> Are you kidding me? No. Okay, that never a- happens. For anyone listening who's not in New York. <laughs> I should. Because your landlord is literally I like, know. I might cut this. I don't- <laughs> like cutting holes through your door to try to get the rent. Well, it's just been a mess. Like... I'm living in a construction zone, so I think they kind of understand. Right, and they yeah. keep being like, you can leave early. And I'm like, well, I didn't really want to move. Because, again, live somewhere and yeah. then die there. I thought you were going to tell me before that they were, like, paying you to leave. You know, like, they were If gonna, they would have, I would have moved But, I mean, sooner. at this point, without you doing the, you know, two months rent, that's the kind of paying you to I leave. I mean, I'll probably pay some of it. We'll see. TBD. Crossing my fingers. At least you don't have mice. Now I have mice. Oh. My second time. I know. I saw So, anyways, like, now looking for, I'm going to have to follow your guide. Cause there's no way... I'm ever going to find my apartment on my first try. Maybe mice just don't climb to the sixth floor. Maybe that's too much work for them. So maybe you should consider the That's actually a great point. Up. Oh, that's like a thing. Like you need to live higher if you want to get away from, from mice. Oh my God, I literally yeah. thought I just made that no, up. No, no. I like that that's maybe true. <laughs> it's literally science. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, can we just talk about Louis C.K. really quick? Okay, you can start because I don't Blech. think I'm as up to date as you need to, or I need to be. Okay, so apparently just last night, Louis C.K. dropped in at like the Comedy Cellar here in New York. And did, like, a show. So for those of you who don't remember, it was a mere 10 months ago that women came out, other women comics, other women in comedy came out and said that he would, like, drop his pants and masturbate in front of them. He would ask first, but he'd just do it, right? And he was sort of lauded at the time because he put out this statement that, like, sort of took responsibility and was like, I'm going to step back and I'm going to spend some time listening. Yeah. So... I guess my question for you, Gab, is like, is 10 months enough time to listen? Like, did he do all the listening he could and now he is a new, better man? He's just that's listened up. Listened yeah. up. Yeah. <laughs> so weird, though, like, to like sidebar that question. Someone said to me a week ago, Louis C.K. is about to come back. I can feel it. Isn't that weird? Like, I think everyone knows that he's like one of those people who was like half in and people were like, there was like, it was such a conflicting opinion. Like, a lot of like, the Louis C.K. thing got so many men involved. Like, I had so many conversations with so many people who were just, like, it really hit people, right? Like, he was supposed to be, like, this good, super honest guy who, like, told it like it was. And so I think it hit people in a really unique way, kind of the same way that Aziz did. Like, in a, you know, it sparked new conversations. So, I mean, no, I mean, like, 10 months isn't enough time to, like, finish listening. Did his dad do anything that was, like, acknowledging nope. the past? Nothing. No. Okay. And it's See, actually- that's, like, also where I'm, like, yeah. Totally. It should have. <laughs> it's interesting that you mentioned Aziz because apparently he actually did a couple of shows in like Madison and Milwaukee just this past week. Oh, with, you're kidding me. I didn't know that. Um, Hannibal Burris and then like other problematic man comedian Michael Che. Uh, but at least he was headlining and they sold tickets to a show with Aziz Ansari. And so you knew that if you showed up, he you was were going, going for. Oh, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I think what's so ironic about. Louis C.K. doing this show last night is that because it was a drop-in, it was a surprise, it's sort of like him doing what he wants all over again because yep, the audience didn't a, get yep. the choice. The audience didn't get to say, like, I actually don't want to be at a or Louis support, C.K. Or support or pay for it. Like a, yeah, right, yeah. exactly. And so I think that alongside the he didn't even acknowledge it, like, if he's had these 10 minutes to make up new jokes, like, why not, you know, mention what he went well, through and find either. a way to work through it in comedy. Yeah. Apparently Aziz didn't mention it either. And it's, to me, that's just super exhausting. Like as if we're just supposed to say like these, again, not even year long breaks for these millionaire people who, who could nice. suffer a year long break. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Like the, someone I think on Vox uh, called it hashtag me too jail. And it's like, yeah, me too jail is a lot better than real jail. So 
I, I guess it just bothers me that it feels like these guys haven't shown any remorse, that they've learned anything, and they just feel like they deserve a comeback when I, I don't totally think that agree. that's owed to them. Yeah, I mean, I just, I think such a big, I mean, so much of this to me is like, at least use it to spark a conversation. Like, that's the whole reason we got into this issue in the first place, I feel, is that, like, we weren't able to, like, make sexuality something that was, like, you were able to talk about, right? And so then, like, when shameful things happened, people didn't talk about them and it perpetuated, like, you know, like, this Weinstein shit has been happening for years, like, years, years, years. And so I just think, like, the biggest infraction on my part is just, like, not making the conversation. So I can't believe that these people aren't mentioning it. Like, this is a really unique chance to confront something really shitty and like to do nothing about it is like, that's what gets me. It's like, if you're gonna come back, like you need to own it. Own and it. you need to try to make a change and you need to try to at least shift perception for people who like think it's totally chill for you to come back right now, you know? Absolutely. So, yeah, I told, I mean, I agree with you there. I cannot believe I missed that he was on. I was literally just about to go, so funny too. You're Comedy about to go. Oh. Yeah, no. <laughs> where, where did you think I was gonna go? <laughs> to a Louis C.K. show, I don't know. He probably has already sold out a tour for all I know. Yeah. It was, it, that was a very mixed feeling thing. I had a lot of guys say to me, um, that was one that everyone kicked in. They're like, wow, like these girls could be lying. That was a big one. They just like really, really, really wanted to trust him. And again, it's not always men. Like it's like, it's most people. Like everyone has. Mm, okay. Is it <laughs> or is it mostly men that said that to you? I'm just curious about the breakdown. It's not only again. men, but I will say I've heard, I've heard doubt from women too. But I mean, I'm in a world where this is like, my whole day is talking about sexual harassment like 24 hours a day. We'll I talk do, about yeah. that a little bit. Like, like I said, you write for, for Style Girlfriend, yeah. but you have a, a very full time <laughs> day job. Yeah, I do PR for a lot of sexual health companies. So it comes down to like, we have to be so aware of like all these different conversations and you can't reach out to a journalist and not be like cognizant of the status of how this conversation is going. So how are we like perceiving men in this light right now and like I think there was like a really interesting shift with that Aziz article which I know Megan we've talked about but I've seen like both sides get really involved like at first it was kind of like it was like men versus women and that one was like oh this is actually like a lot more complicated than men versus women like this is like very nuanced people don't fully get you know how they're supposed to respond anyways I could ramble about that forever but it is super interesting like it's not always men versus women but there's definitely like trends yes obviously like it's harder for men to get some things and harder for women to get some things too and it's interesting that you even position it as men versus women because you would like to think that we're all on the same side, which yeah. is to say, like, everybody acting like decent people and not, I don't know, masturbating in front of them or asking for sex when the other person doesn't seem to want to give it. Like, we should all be on that mm -hmm. side. It shouldn't like a be human. a men versus yeah. women thing. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Call me crazy. <laughs> it shouldn't be, like, a constant battle for your life every day you walk out on the street. Yeah, I don't know. It's pretty bad. It's something I think about a lot, obviously, just because of Style Girlfriend. Yeah. And when I was watching um, To All the Boys I've Loved Before, yeah. second week in a row we're mentioning on the pod. If you <laughs> haven't seen it yet, I don't know what you're doing. Uh, and then I also saw Crazy Rich Asians that same weekend. And I remember leaving and finishing both movies just kind of with this sense of like, ah, representation matters. And, you know, even though it wasn't sort of on my shoulders, like I'm not an Asian mm -hmm. woman. I'm not part, you know, <laughs> I don't have an Asian... Uh, like heritage, but I was so happy to see um, that representation and um, people and it, who yeah. don't often get to be like the main roles and the and the sporting roles too. And I thought that that was really great. And it sort of made me think about how a white guy might view that. And I'm I'm just forever curious to sort of get into the head of 
our reader and sort of the the mass male at large. And it was funny because this past weekend I was thinking about it and I realized that even that is problematic. Like I do have this tendency to think of our readers as sort of like my brother times a thousand, which is like a 35-year-old, 36-year-old white guy who's like, He's in Madison, so he's in like sort of a sub, you know, metropolitan city, and and I realized that was a shortcoming of my own that I've I've turned all, like men into this blob of again well-meaning, but maybe like oh wants to side with Louis C.K. Uh, like that white guy, and I know that our audience is way more diverse than that, and there's way more um, nuance and gray area to how they think, and so that's something that I realize that I need to deal with, and I need to sort of um, be aware that hashtag not all men, right? <laughs> do you think you do that because it's like, re- it's like relatable for you or it's cause all, or is it cause it's all, you know, like do you, cause I think if I were to do that, it would be like, okay, well like I already don't get men, but like the man I get the most is like, you know, so it's like, it's tough. Cause like you're doing it, like you say, well-meaning, like you're doing it cause you want to better understand. And like, that's the best way to put yourself in the shoes, but it's also very hard. Cause right. You want to like, it's like, what is the solution? Like, right. how do we get in more men's shoes? You yes. Know? And how do we uncover our own unconscious biases? Yep. If that, like, the whole point is that they're unconscious and I, if they haven't been pointed out to me, like, it's going to take my own digging. And that's what happened this weekend. Like I said, it was sort of like this aha moment of, like, oh, I didn't realize that when I think of style girlfriend readers, mm-hmm. I think of, like, a, a certain kind of guy and I shouldn't necessarily do that. And just in the same way, I don't think that men should – and now here I am homogenizing them again, but <laughs> men should look at something like a Louis C.K. situation and what you said, assume or kind of doubt the woman. Like, I think that we're all sitting around just making asses out of you and me, as <laughs> my mom would say, when we assume about people. And so I don't think there's, I mean, there's not a way to put a bow on that and say like, and so here's what we should do. Mm-hmm. But it is really interesting to kind of open yourself up to the idea that like, maybe I'm thinking about this through a really narrow lens and mm-hmm. maybe I should do what I can to widen that scope. Yeah. It's so hard. It's like, it's like, I think it's one of those like life processes too. We, we have to do a lot of like casting, whether it's for like events or panels or shoots. I'm doing a casting now for a shoot. And, and even how I think about the word diversity needs a lot of work. And I like, I'm very open to critique, which I try to make clear, like, at the beginning, you know, of conversations so people don't feel like they have to, like, cross that boundary of offending me. I'm like, please tell me where I'm messing up (laughs) because I, you know, you think of diversity, like, is it size? Is it gender? Is it height? Is it, like, skin color? Is it, like, origins? Like, is it age? It's just, like, there's so many different things that I think now, whereas, like, I think, you know, when we thought of, like, models, it's, like, diversity. Okay, it's, like, size. It's, like, okay, skin color. Like, we have to just, like, really think of, like, redefining what diversity means right. and that's been like that's been an interesting process having grown up in Mequon, Wisconsin <laughs> which was like the most homogenized place probably in the United States <laughs> let me just like venture to guess there so that's hard and it's like not necessarily any fault of my own but that's also like not an excuse I can like pull out you know totally yeah because you live in New York City mm-hmm. now and you have the internet and you interact with different kinds of people every day right and I think that's where I lose my patience a little bit is just because it's all you've ever known doesn't mean that that's all there is exactly yeah that's tough though yeah I mean like and then not to get angry at people and like how to like call people in a conversation versus call them out same like when it happens to you oh man life is like a is it harder than it used to be it feels like a lot harder than it used to be or was that just because I was like always a child before 
Yeah, yeah, you were a child <laughs> until just yesterday. Congratulations, by the way, I'm becoming a woman. Um, no, I, I do think that life is more complicated, but I think it's more complicated because we're talking about more hard stuff. Yeah. And it's a good thing that we're talking about more hard stuff. And I hope that we continue to do that on Style Girlfriend and here on Undress because the less conversations we have about this stuff, the more that we're just going to keep on going on, like not understanding each other as best as we can. And like, like what is an avatar when they like twist their braids and they're like, I see you. Like uh, we want to see each other. You, you want to twist my braid, man? Oh, oh God, girl. I got for sexual I'll real twist quick. Your braid. <laughs> yes. Like we, we want to see each other and we want to feel seen. And I feel pretty strongly that we can't do that without talking more about who we are and mm-hmm. listening to other people talk about who they are and accepting that and you know pushing those that we care about to do better and that's a, that's a good one pushing those we care about to do better that's tough sometimes like yeah. family and letting others push right. us yes and feeling it as like involved. a love tap and not a yeah you know, like a challenge like why we're failing oh. yeah that's like a men versus woman thing that I'm like pretty conscious of like, do you think you do a good job of it um I think I try to do a good job and I'm like aware when I'm not doing a good job I would hope, but I tend to find even with like a lot of men in my life, that's like a lot, that's like a lot harder, you know, Mm. to like have to like stroke the ego before you can like destroy it, you know? I'm a big fan of the compliment sandwich. Yeah. I, I you're right. You're right. right. Hey, you could do better here. (laughs) This other thing is great. Have a great day. Thanks. Exclamation point. Yeah. Yeah. That's going to be on my tombstone. Could have buried me a little deeper. Yep. <laughs> but the flowers <laughs> look amazing. <laughs> um, do you want to talk about a couple of lighter things that I that are actually super passionate? <laughs> you want to talk about all the problems with the world? Yeah, now that we solved yeah. all the problems. And no shoes. <laughs> um I uh, it came out that J. Crew is relaunching with like more sizing mm-hmm. and lower prices. And I'm just really curious what you think about that. As someone, again, from Wisconsin, who at least for me, J. Crew is like the ultimate growing up because we didn't even have J. Crew until I was maybe in high school. Like, do you also see J. Crew? Like, do you still hold a place in your heart that makes you be excited about this news or are you like over and past J. Crew? I was never okay. I think I was always a little weird for J. Crew. Like, I think I was always like, for me personally, I always think of J. Crew as like a brand. And I think we talked about this, but like, that's like kind of like an entry level, especially for men. Like, when I talk to men about like, what's a good place that you can like kind of pick anything from the store? as long as it fits and like just be okay. So I don't really know how I feel. I mean, J. Crew has just been through like so much up and down, like so much up and down with yeah. just like how they were like designer and it went through like a fashion trend and then it went back to being exactly what it was. I mean, I kind of think it should be exactly what it was. I mean, I'm all for lower prices. I think the notion that was so interesting is that they're like lowering the price of their like gateway tea. Mm-hmm. That was like fascinating because apparently they're lowering the price of their gateway tea from like what, 25 to $14 or something, which is insane. That's like old Navy prices. That's old Navy prices, which is like great. Like as long as we're not like using slave labor and like you're actually making those through ethical ways and it sounds like they bought bulk cotton and like they did it in like an ethical way I guess. Yes it was wild. The CEO came in and bought like a million yards of cotton. And Which was just like, like that's yeah like a smart I'm all for lower prices and like things that are more accessible. I don't know how I feel about J. Crew overall. Like I guess I think it's like it's good if it's like an entry level product but I kind of think it like tried too hard for a while and that's why everyone like had combated it. And then they were, like, in that same article, which was, like, where was that, GQ? GQ. Yeah. They, like, it was, like, so interesting because they were talking about – I thought it was interesting. They were talking about, like, 
how the brand used to try to create a persona that was extremely aspirational. So like in there, I mean, everyone's looked at that J. Crew catalog and you've been like, oh my God, I wish like my boyfriend had that kind of tussled hair, you know? <laughs> and like he rolled his like jeans up three flips like as he waited in the sand. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, always in the sand by the way. Oh my God, they're always in the sand. Like, like a dog. Perfect. Oh yeah. God, there's like With children. With sweater. Yes. I mean like, I mean I definitely admit I wanted my kids to look like that for a long time. The non-existent children in my life. <laughs> But they were saying something in that article. It was about like we can no longer create these aspirational lifestyles because like people are so different. Like everyone's creating their own style, so like those catalogs are less meaningful. And I thought that was so interesting. Like J Crew built a brand on like the J Crew lifestyle, and like can we still have brands that do that? Or like are we going to phase out into individual Instagram or personas? Or like you know is is fashion no longer going to be aspirational but a little bit more like existent? I I just thought that was so interesting. I agree. The the writer, Cam Wolf, he's great. And he always has such a like interesting take on just sort of like business, the business of fashion mm. news. And yeah, I mean, do we want a more accessible J. Crew? I don't know. I I struggle because like I do get t-shirts and tank tops at J. Crew. So for me, I'm like, $14.50, that's great. But is it gonna be something where I'm gonna buy a suit or a pair of pants or you know like is it going to be something where I go to for more than just basics if they're rolling back prices does that also sort of mean that they're going to have to cut mm. corners in terms of quality and like I think about that for guys because a lot of guys do wear the Ludlow or the Crosby suit and like that's their suit and mm -hmm. you know it's the same guys that yeah like maybe used it as like a starting point but realized hey this is in my budget I look good in this stuff I'm just going to keep going with it right there's a lot of guys that and women too that don't necessarily go beyond J. Crew in terms of their price point for what they budget for their wardrobe. And I think that should be okay. It's also not, maybe this is my like lame self speaking, it's also like not that cheap. <laughs> like the current, like I mean, half the guys I know buy their suits on ASOS now. You know, it's like your suit's like $200 total. So it's not that cheap. But so your, your worry is that if it becomes more accessible, it'll become lower quality. Would you be okay with accessibility as long as like the standards were the same? Like if they continued to buy whatever, like 20 billion, you know? Pounds yeah. of bulk, whatever. And then <laughs> yeah, maybe. I mean, I guess I'll just have to see what they put out. And to your point, like, yeah, there's so many more options now. And especially in terms of aligning with a brand aspirationally, like, there's so many direct-to-consumer brands where now that's who you want to be. Like, I want to be someone who wears Allbirds. I want to be someone mm -hmm. who wears Everlane. Like, I don't think that these mass market, like, in-mall stores are necessarily, I don't think they're the arbiter anymore of aspirational lifestyle, I think it's, yeah, you know, sure. it, it's coming from sort of more niche sources that are, what's interesting, they're the ones that are like doing pop-ups in the stores in the mall that have now closed because nobody wants to shop at them. Well, like, that's all very confusing to me. Even like the, like, I love like the bulletin girls and like their concept is like basically a store where you can like rent space. But it's interesting. It's like it's still a store and it still has multiple brands in it. It's not like we're like, you know, it's like a still, we're sort of like. You know, it's hard to break out of the concept we understand. We're disrupting stuff just to do the same old Yeah, just stuff. the same. Yeah. I don't know. And like, and my thought, too, is like when it comes to brands being the arbiter of style, like, are, is that even going to happen anymore? Like, we did a Gen Z focus group about two <gasps> oh my weeks God, ago. I'm shaking. It was, okay, terrifying, one. Yep. Um, I felt horrible. Like, I literally felt like my mother. I was like bringing everyone pizza. You know, it was... <laughs> It was, it was a wake-up call for my life. Um, but it was so interesting. And they were talking about just, like, how they would never, ever trust any 
influencer or any person they follow if they knew that a brand was involved with the things they were recommending. And like for me, I just assume at this point that anyone I pay attention to has been paid like, you know, in dividends with like all these different like all these different brands. And they're like, we would never trust them. And I'm like, okay, well, what does that mean for like brands? What does that mean for anyone? Like, how are you ever going to get your thing to be influential? You know, they don't trust ads ever. They don't even look at them and that they won't trust sponsored things. So, like, what does that mean for the future? So, I don't know. That's also interesting as far as, like... And this is, what, like, 15 to 19-year-olds? Yeah. Yeah. Super diverse, too. Like, they were from all over. You know, it's just, like, very different, like, family incomes and, like, life stages and, like, you know, so it was, like, a very interesting... I don't know. But it's... uh, It was amazing, but horrifying. I'm curious, though, because, like, (laughs) that means probably, what, that they follow YouTubers and stuff like that? Like, Mm -hmm. they're doing SpawnCon? Well, they, they... they would fancy themselves like detectives, like that they can tell when they're doing the sponsored content. I don't know. They're big into Snapchat though. That was like interesting to me. Really? Oh, it's huge. It's bigger than Instagram. They don't even like, they barely post on Instagram. They're like, oh yeah, Snapchat. I'd heard it and I was like, I don't believe, you know, like I deleted Snapchat like ages ago. Me too. I was like, I don't believe it. That's like, that's like, that's everything. Oh. I don't know. Terrifying, but you know what? Children are a future. <laughs> <laughs> Half the time I'm like, the teens will save us. And then half the time I'm like, oh my I God, don't know we're so yeah. <laughs> Hard to say. The phones kill me. Speaking you of, know. I know, speaking of um, young people, uh, did you see that Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen, they're launching menswear <laughs> for the row? Yeah. But like, you're right. For like what? I just like, who can afford it? Who can afford? I mean, it's going to be know. real expensive. Like, I don't own anything by the road, which is their women, like they've launched it as a women's wear line. They've had a couple of men's wear capsule collections, but they also have a more affordable, quote unquote, line called Elizabeth and James, which I have some of their dresses because they mm. they just fit me really well. How much and like different is the price point? I mean, it's that's like different enough that I can afford, afford it. Afford it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's so crazy because I feel like when they first kind of came along and they're launching like, you know, whatever it was, $50,000 alligator mini backpacks, it was like, okay, all right. <laughs> And now they're like legit, (laughs) they're legit designers and they've like won CFDA awards and now they're launching menswear. I just, I'm sure I'd be super intimidated to meet them, which is hilarious because they were Michelle Tanner on, you know, Full House. But now they're like these fashion powerhouses. Yeah, I think they're legit. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure that, I think this stuff launches in October, which means that like every magazine you read, GQ, Esquire, whatever it is, like you will be seeing the row stuff in those pages and it will immediately be a success and people will be buying the suits which are like the suits are gonna be made in Japan the t-shirts are made in Italy like it's just like they're doing the finest fabrics and the best factories like it's gonna be the thing it's gonna be the new bop and it's just crazy to me and God bless like but who who buys so who buys it though rich people really rich people (laughs) I don't know I have so many thoughts I mean like Let's start. Let's like discuss fashion, like as a whole, <laughs> and all the prices that go with it. I don't know. Like I just like I'm like so not. I like when it comes to accessibility. Like yeah, it, like it comes at a cost, but like that. I mean, I've worked so much retail. Like I'm, I've been the retail queen for so many years of my life, and it's just so unfortunate that so much of that stuff is like so 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 unattainable. It's great though. I'm sure it'll be beautiful. Like, and I'm sure like Kanye West will look great in it. You know. <laughs> I just started watching Succession, and I was not on board for episodes, what was it, like one through five. I was like, ugh, these people are the worst. And then, like, I watched one more episode and was like, JK, I love this. But it is, like, wild to see the wealth 
on that yeah, show. What is Succession? I don't it's this it. HBO show that's basically it's like kind of like a fictional version of the Murdochs, like oh, you know, oh that's interesting. Rich yeah. dad or like dad that built up a media empire and now his kids are like kind of vying to run it and put him, you know, out to pasture and just the amount of money and there's this kind of side character who's like a nephew and he's worked his way in and the sister comes up and is like, can I, do you have any money? Like I want to get sodas. And he literally like, it's his last $20 and he gives it to her and he's, you could see him just kind of be like, oh my God, I, I'm parting with this last $20. And she just like, doesn't even think to give him the change. And like, it does make you realize, I mean, that's like a very specific example and a very, I mean, it's a small example, but like there are people to whom money just does not matter. Yeah. And those are the people that are going to buy the By the row. row. Mm-hmm. Moral of the story. Yeah. I mean, it'll be beautiful. It'll be great. I mean, I think that they've done such a good job. I want everything on the site when it comes to, like, the women's wear. Yeah. But I don't know. I mean, like, for, yeah, from working all that retail, like, I was so cognizant. Like, these women would come in. They wouldn't even look at the price tags. I know. But it's such, like, a unique. I'm always surprised that brands can subsist on that. But I guess it's, like, what happens is you have, like, the super high level you have the mid-tier, maybe low-tier. And, like, people want to buy the mid-tier and low-tier because, like, of the aspiration and the clout that, like, the high-tier brings. But, like, what this a is, business structure. If we were fancier, this is where I would, like, insert that clip from Devil Wears Prada where she talks oh, about yeah, how the yeah. blue is made it to, like, the mass market. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, what the row puts out now is going to be what ASOS shows, you know, two seasons from yeah. now. And a lot of people won't even know that it's influenced by the row, but it will be. So, I mean, there is something to be said for they're influencing where fashion is going yeah, and there's like something the yeah. yeah i mean there's something uh, interesting and valuable about that but yeah like we probably will never put anything from the rowan style girlfriend because I, I i couldn't imagine our readers wanting to pay that much for anything right yeah. and so and that's fine but it doesn't mean that it's not like interesting for them to put effort into making something well i mean it's like the same as saying that i don't know like kanye west and o-town both put music out and so they're the same music you know it's like the same like level of quality like it's not uh-huh. i do not know why i thought of o-town by the way <laughs> but like there's something to be said for putting things on a spectrum of uh you know effort and like elbow grease put into it and appreciating that yeah it, you're so right it is it, you're so right they all do all influence each other and it is very interesting it's always interesting to me when it happens like within a brand too like you know like i'll literally work with companies where they're like they'll price one product a certain way expecting that it won't sell that great, but knowing that if they price it that way, the other product that they price at a different price will like appear by function cheaper, more expensive, you know, et cetera, et cetera. It's like, yeah, it's just like the, the notion of like within your own company, running your own like hierarchies of taste. <laughs> Mind blown. And the last thing I want to talk before, before we get to hot takes is, and I'm looking at our outline right now and it's got, this name is underlined like six times because I keep spelling it wrong. But Emily Ratajkowski was, I don't know, interviewed in like Nylon Magazine or something. And she described her Instagram as a sexy feminist magazine. And I like how the New York Mag write up to is like 20 words. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the hottest take of all. <laughs> and I, I think what, I, I guess I just want to get your feedback because I have this thing where every time I think about Emily Ratajkowski, like I get really like on edge and then I, and I, I get upset with myself because I feel like, look, she's just expressing herself and she's clearly feels empowered to like own her sexuality and display her sexuality in a way that 
makes her feel confident and makes her feel good. And if other people are getting their rocks off because of it, like, it's not about them. And, like, that's the woke, empowered version of me that's, like, you know, my I guess my better angel's trying to win out. And then the other part of me that's just, like, she just did a shoot where she, like, covered herself in spaghetti. And, like, is how empowered is that, really? And so I feel like the way that she cloaks herself in this, like, feminist language, I think that's what really gets to me. Because if she just, like, wanted to be sexy and cover herself in spaghetti, I think that's one thing. But then to, like, call it an empowered act or to, like, say that doing that makes her a feminist, I don't know. I don't know. It, it, I, like, feel crazy when I think about her. And I think I don't like it because it makes me feel like the unfun, like, arms-crossed, like, angry mm-hmm. girlfriend who, like, the guy in the movie eventually, he leaves for Emily Radikowski, you know, because she's fun and sexy and cool. Like, you know, like she's a cool girl and I'm not a cool girl because I... Chill too. So chill. And so I'm just, I'm curious what you think about that because I feel like you've thought a lot about obviously female sexuality, working on so many different women's sexual wellness products and like, I, I don't know. Tell, yeah. me, tell me what to think. I mean, I don't yeah. either. My gut instinct is also like, oh, fuck you. Can I even say that? No. Just do it. <laughs> like, I, th- I think that's, like, obviously where I think most normal women are, like, you're, like, we're conditioned to hate other women who are beautiful and get attention of men. Like, right, and so I don't like, want to do that. Yeah, and I don't think, like, you know, it's obviously in our, like, it's in our gut that we're going to do that. And then, I mean, I'm definitely not, like, the arbiter of this opinion, but I do think that, like, it's real. that's like, really complicated because I live in a world where, like, like, like sex workers and, and, um, strippers and all these different people are like now are really seen from a feminist perspective like they're owning their sexuality they're using it to like make money they're not letting people take advantage of them like they're you know and that's seen and I think I've you know taken obviously growing up in like a very sheltered way like have now that's become very like ingrained for me but still when I look at Emily's it's very hard for me to see it that way because it's such like and I definitely have thought about this, but it's such like a traditional cliche way of being like hot for a man. And like, I think it's easier to look at like a marginalized group, like sex workers or strippers where like, you kind of want to like them, right? We've all seen like pretty women. We've seen like these things where you're just like, I kind of like want to like, root I want to root for them. It seems like through our own like inherent biases, like they've been through a tough time or there's something there that makes you more like able to root for them. But when it's just a hot girl, who you know walks in somewhere and gets like free drinks and gets like the stuff she wants. And like, that's very difficult to just feel like, oh yeah, that's super empowered. She's super feminist. She is literally using the male gaze to make her entire living. And that, you know, feminism is supposed to be in our minds, like completely combating that. And I think it's really hard to look at that and be like, okay, can you use the male gaze to make money in a proactive way and be like, and still be feminist. And like, of course you can, but it's, I think it's really hard to see that. Especially we just think of like feminism as being like, fuck men. And well, so she like, we don't necessarily think that a lot of people, think a lot that. of people think that exactly. So like a lot of people think that that's what feminism is. And so it's like very hard to come back from that and be like one, okay, obviously that's not what feminism means. It's about equality, but it's also like, yeah, that's super complicated. I just think that like it, it comes down to a lot of us not understanding feminism and even when we understand it, realizing that we have a lot of really ingrained biases about what it means to be an empowered woman. And and also obviously like she's not saying any of this on our Instagram accounts. So you're like watching an Instagram account with like boobs and it's like very hard to look at it and be like, oh yeah, 
I mean, that's feminist, you know? Right. She had yeah. a comment in that article, too, where she said, it's not like I'm going to be smart. What did she say? She's Oh, she said, I'm not going to shout from the rooftops that I'm smart on a visual platform because she was kind of trying to make the point that, yeah, she puts up booby pictures on Instagram and then she in other be, yeah. places and other platforms, she is more vocal about her feminism or is more vocal about, yeah, how she's upending the male gaze, I guess. Yeah. I mean, what do you think about that line? I keep thinking about it. I don't really know what my opinion is on it. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting because, yeah, for the most part, her Instagram captions are like a twinkle, you know, or like a diamond if she's showing off her diamond ring. I don't know. Like it is, it's pretty succinct. So yes, she's not putting up a picture of herself topless where she does that thing where she like pushes her boobs in. So you should, oh, like, yeah. You know, like she's not doing that and then being like, I read this interesting take from, you know, uh, who, you know, whoever. God, Someone I can't smart. Even, Someone so, smart. Some feminist author that I can't even think of. <laughs> Gloria Steinem. I don't know. Um, yeah, she's not doing that, right? Yeah. She's not juxtaposing that sort of like super sexually aggressive content with uh, similarly sexually empowered language. But she's not wrong. Like, people don't necessarily want to read your life story on Instagram or want to read, you know, an essay about third wave feminism. I don't, and I know. And she's probably, yeah. I mean, she's smart for how she uses Instagram. Mm -hmm. Like, she, remember when she was just like one of the models in the Blurred that, Lines yeah. video from Robin Thicke? Like, that's crazy. She, I'm also proud power to her to be able to like turn an entire career from one video, which is like amazing. Right. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, that's why I don't want to be like down on her, mm -hmm. but it's more just, I think I, I, it makes me question how far you get to take that because I've, I've been told the same thing. Like people are like, Megan, if you put up more pictures on Instagram, like of you, like you'll do better. And I, I've seen that like in our analytics, like when the pictures of me do better and the pictures of, you know, Hey, here's this new men's grooming product. That's great. Doesn't do as well. Mm -hmm. And hmm. so do you like take the low hanging fruit and sort of use what God gave you? And say like I'm doing the best with what I have. I don't know. I don't know. If there, I don't know if there is a right or wrong answer to it. But I just looking at her. I think if anything, I'm just jealous of how much she's like. Yeah, I'm gonna do that, and I, I'm gonna benefit from it. Like the no questions, no shame. How do you feel when people say to you, like you should put up more photos of yourself? Like, what is your gut reaction? I honestly like. I would love to have a little bit more Emily Ratajkowski in me where I do feel like, you know, zero fucks given yeah. and not think about if it's going to make our audience think less of me or, you know, my parents be ashamed of me. Like, it's, I feel super conflicted. Mm -hmm. Damn, that's complicated stuff. Yeah. I, I think more than anything, it just makes me think about my own views of feminism, which I think is, a, to be honest, a very fluctuating like word and concept and definition like it means something different every day like obviously at its core it means that all humans should be equal but should what be. it means yes and that but they're it, not and that's why feminism exists exists and that's why the word parody. is feminism and not right. like whatever so i think but, but but it just makes me think a lot about like the biases i have against what it means and i do agree with you like how far can you push it and what can you claim as feminism unfortunately there's like literally no right answer because like day to day it's like everyone has their own opinion on it and John Mayer put so up something super problematic on Instagram story the other day. Oh, that no. He was like, oh, do? I don't really embrace the word feminism because it means different things to different people. And, blah, 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 blah. and I was just like, get out of here. Well, why don't you just say, this is what I don't get. Like, I get that all the time, too. Why don't you just, like, say, 
I don't embrace the word feminism, but of course I like embrace the core meaning. Well, that's kind of what he said. But also then why not just embrace the word? And change the perceptions of what it is yeah. now. Yes. I Say, agree with that too. And yeah. like maybe it's just about mirroring the term with the actual meaning mm-hmm. behind it more emphatically. Like kind of tying the two together always. So not just saying I'm a feminist, period. But I'm a feminist because of course I believe that men and women should be treated equally. Yeah, that's a great point. But it's like at what point do we keep fighting that battle? And at what point do you have to be like, let's just freaking invent a new word. Like I can't deal with explaining feminism to one more person who won't literally Google it. But how dumb, like, it's, it's already in the language. But it's Let's like, just how much use you... the word that's there. It's so, it's, it's like so much in my day-to-day life having to deal with all these, like, yeah. Sorry, obviously I'm getting, like, really heated right now. I'm, but like, it's screaming dumb. into like, the microphone. Why would you, like, it's like taking Rocky Road ice cream and being like, we're not going to call it Rocky Road ice cream anymore. We're because everyone thought it, it was something else. different, so we just decided, like, we're just going to actually call it. Like, everyone thought Rocky Road was, like, just peanut butter, so we're just going to call it peanut butter. <laughs> right. I don't even know. <laughs> like, language exists for a reason. Like, but let's use it, right? Uh, Anyways. Uh, I feel tired. <laughs> I feel tired, too. Let's get to hot takes. Thing. I don't know. Go get a drink. What's your hot take for the week? I, I prepped you ahead of time. Taylor's hot takes are always just about her dating life, so I'm very really? curious what you brought in for us today. Oh, my God. That's so much more fun. But it's good advice. She always has good advice. She's like, a guy did this to me on a Bumble date, and please don't ever do that. Not, like, weird sex stuff, but, like, just, you know. The way he acted or something. Oh, well, mine's about weird sex stuff. I'm okay. just kidding. It's not. Um, I wish it was because that would be a lot more interesting. Um, no, there was this article. So I'm like a big Man Repeller fan. I think I've always – I used to write for them. And like I always have been like – I just think that they're great. They always have to do a different take on something. They had this writer. I think her name's Nina Wheeler. And she wrote this article. And it was like, why I don't want to marry my perfect boyfriend or something like that. And I, kept, I saw it was like shared around. I kept seeing it. So I was like, I've got to read this. And it is fascinating. And more fascinating than the article itself is the response. How everyone's like, oh my God, that's me. And it basically is just about this girl who's like dating this guy. And he's like great and perfect. And you know, like should. And not the kind of like great and perfect where you're like, I should really want to be with him. But like, you know, that's like very he's different. Good on paper. Yes. Yeah. But he's like, when there's no spark. It's like everything is great. But she just can't get rid of the notion that, like, she's lived so many different lives before she's met him. Like, I think we all have. Like, you know, like, you have, yeah, like. the older we get. Yeah, you just, like, have these different, like, experiences that you never thought were going to happen and turn out great. And basically the premise is just, like, she's lived all these different lives. And it's really, really difficult to not imagine that, like, this is one great direction her life could take. But there's also a thousand other great directions her life could take. And, like, knowing that, like, just because this is one great one and the marriage would work out fine and they'd be great together. It's, like, she could also move to, like. Japan and have like a great life that way and it's I guess it's kind of basic but it was like the response it got was like I think literally everyone agreed with it and that's weird like what is that like obviously marriage is changing but like what does that mean for our lives like how do we live one life and now we're so have so many options open to us so how do we live one life and not spend our whole life thinking like well if I had taken the other path like this is what would have happened well, I think that also speaks to the man repeller audience, which is a lot of millennial women that live in big cities. Very and true, very true. Lead perpetually unfulfilled lives. Just like there's a lot of millennial <laughs> men out there that same thing. They are on the dating apps. They're doing, you know, whatever they're doing. And they're always like, well, maybe I'll meet Emily Ratajkowski tomorrow. She'll be covered in spaghetti and we'll get married and live happily ever after. Like nobody wants to <laughs> cut out all of their options and all of their potential yeah. other universe, other, you know, other dimensions possibilities so true you're so right about the audience thing too because obviously like all the women reading it are like yeah that's so me right because everyone that reads man power is like oh i'm so man yeah 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 which is me so interesting megan just made me look very deep inside myself that's all we've been doing today like i said i'm <laughs> exhausted 
That's a good one. We'll have to, we'll throw up the link and people can go yeah, check it out. It's just interesting. It like really made me think a lot about just like life, you know, <laughs> life in general. <laughs> wow. Totally. I need to go home. <laughs> oh God. Well, let me just tell you mine because it makes me laugh. Yeah, I'm so Ever- curious. I, uh, I'm just not over, my friend Ben Boscovich over at Esquire, another great writer, someone everyone should follow, um, put up this thing that Jonathan Van Ness, is that his name? The grooming guy? I literally just think of him as JVN. Yes, like, JVN yeah, yeah. from Queer Eye. Like the guy who does grooming, the one who kind of had all the like catchphrases, like the one that was sort of the breakout of Queer Eye. And Justin Theroux, have, like they're like friends. And I don't know if they've always been friends, but Justin Theroux has been like super like thirsty on Instagram, has been like hanging out with him and like posting pictures and it's... I wait, mean, wait, wait. Have they, has he posted a lot? Have they posted a lot yes, of photos together? Yes, they posted together? like several photos together. So I don't know if they like knew each other before or if he just like hopped on the Queer Eye train post-divorce. I don't know. But he's back out there in a big way. And Jonathan put up a picture on Instagram of them with like Thoreau's dog. And then like several hours later, Thoreau took the same picture. And the way that my friend Ben wrote about it, he said he like upped the structure by 30. And it was just like... <laughs> I'm not doing it justice. In the app, like when you edit. Yeah, but like he was like making, and it was, it was like a lot darker and all the dark lines were a lot sharper. And so, so what like, does that mean? His muscles? It just somewhere? means like his muscles look more uh... defined. And I don't know why, but it was like the shadiest shade I've ever heard. And it was just describing what he did in but the But so picture. flippant. Yeah, yeah. But so flippant and so like, <laughs> again, thirsty of this like whatever, like 40 something man who's in great shape on his own. And he looked good in the first picture, but he just like, made you know he edited the image to make himself look better and it just made me laugh because I mean we're all that person right we're all trying to like if we take 10 pictures with our friends we're using the one where we look best, we best all yeah. of our friends have their eyes closed and we don't care <laughs> and it's, it's just so very true. funny that like even Justin Thoreau falls like prey to that where he's like oh you know this looks good but also like I could make a oh my god if more. we could be in his brain while he was making that decision that would be life-changing. I, like, I'm I think curious. we can see it, like, from the outside now. If we could be there when he was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, up, that's up again. Stuff. I could begin. <laughs> <laughs> we all know that, too, like, playing with that, all that. We'll put up the before and after, or the, you know, the John, the, the JVN photo versus the Justin Thoreau picture. You guys can decide for yourself. But I, it, it made me laugh yesterday. Like, you know how, like, you'll see something or read something, and then, like, three hours later, you'll just, like, laugh. think of it and chuckle? <laughs> That happened yeah. to me. It That's always me on the subway with like a lot of weird looks. What is Justin Thoreau's like? What is his like public persona? Like, is it like is it is that does that match it? Is that he's like, like a human thirst trap right now? He's just like out there. He wants everyone to know he's out there. And I mean, God bless him. Like he and Jen are split, and that's fine. But it just feels very like, oh my God, we get it. Like, oh Lord, that's I know. funny. But also like weirdly heartwarming at yeah, the same time. Right. Yeah, we're Cele- all like celebrities. So they're just like us. I know. <laughs> we you know, want our muscles and our cleavage and our whatever to look better. And so yeah, we all I think we've all added thirty to the structure at one time or another in our lives. You know what I mean? That's a great that's a great takeaway from let's, this. Today. Let's just end on that. Thank you so much, Gab Pedriani. Where can people find you? On the I don't even know what internets? my Instagram is anymore because I've changed it so many times. I think it's at fake underscore cool with three O's. Oh my God, you're exhausting. <laughs> I'm not sure where the best place to find me is. All right, we'll find a way. Can you just edit that out? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm leaving it all in. All right, thank you guys so much. Uh, that's it for us. Please rate and review us. I don't know, do all those things. That really helps people find 99 the pod. cents, everyone. 99 it only cents. takes 99 cents. Yes, thank you guys for listening and we'll talk to you again soon. Bye.
If you enjoyed this podcast, please rate and review on Trust on Apple Podcasts and subscribe wherever it is you may listen. And if you really enjoyed this podcast, please consider supporting the show to help us keep it ad-free. Just head to anchor.fm slash stylegirlfriend and click on the purple support this podcast button. Thanks. Bye.